Hello, my name is Jillian. My name is Yolanda, and welcome to the Pemberley Podcast. So, welcome to our very first episode of the Pemberley Podcast. We're excited to be here. Yeah, thank you for listening. This is our podcast where we discuss our favorite shows in the Pemberley Digital Universe. Yes, and of course, we're going to be starting with the first Pemberley Digital series, The Lizzie Bennett Diaries, which was co-created by Hank Green and Bernie Sue back in 2012. Yes, and on a personal note, it is to this day my very favorite web series. A lot of people, I mean, it's... From the Lizzie Bennett Diaries, it spawned so many vlog adaptations Mm -hmm. of classic novels, Mm -hmm. and it's just, it started this whole new genre on YouTube, and it's incredible to see. Exactly, because, I mean, we're sort of still, I feel like, in the wake of web series coming to life, where they're quality productions with professional writers and cinematographers, actors, etc., and in this time where excellent web series are coming to fruition we have a whole subgenre of literary adaptations and lizzie bennett was kind of the pilot of the genre let's so let's talk a little bit about how we got started watching the lizzie bennett diaries uh four years ago yolanda why don't you start for me like a lot of people i found it through hank mm-hmm. he had made his initial announcement video i think it was called introducing lizzie bennett I've always been a huge fan of the Vlogbrothers, mm-hmm. so I was kind of just supporting anything they make, right. and like with anything like Hank or John makes, I'm like always there to support it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, sure, why not? I've watched Pride and Prejudice, the Keira Knightley version of the movie, of course. so <laughs> why not give this thing a shot? And I was, I was super into it. I mean, I, I really, really loved it, and there was just such a fandom and community that really rallied around this web series, not mm-hmm. just because people like Hank and because of Nerdfighteria, but because it was like, oh, there's this really smart and funny web series starring a woman, and it's mm-hmm. it's really awesome. And so, yeah, that's how I found it. Right, and I honestly think the majority of fans who have been with the show since the beginning found it that way because yeah. Hank... I believe he released a video introducing Lizzie Bennett. And I was not one of those people. I am in the minority who discovered it a little bit after I discovered the Lizzie Bennett Diaries my freshman year of college. Uh, I met my best friend there. She said, hey, you know, there's this whole world on the internet with the uh, Vlogbrothers and, you know, this group of smart young people. And you like classic novels. Have you uh, heard of the Lizzie Bennet Diaries? And I was like, why no, I have not. So uh, <laughs> probably like September, October-ish, she showed me. There were like 20-ish episodes at the time. Okay. Binged, watched the whole thing and have been a dedicated fan ever since. Yeah, I was definitely among those fans who like at nine o'clock. <laughs> Mondays and Thursdays were huge days okay. in the uh, Lizzie Bennett Diary fandom because 9 a.m. or uh, I was on the East Coast, so it was like 12 p.m. and it was always like, refresh, refresh, yeah. where is it? And there was this mass outrage if it were 9 or 12.01. Yeah, on Twitter, people would just be freaking out and like wondering where the episode was, like tweeting at everyone Pemberley related and saying mm-hmm. like, what's going on? And <laughs> panicking everywhere. And of course, you know. Everything was fine. Yeah. There was never a day missed without notice where 
the Lizzie Bennett Diaries was not aired. Right. But it was, it was a rush. It was really very dramatic for all of the fans. <laughs> it was. And that just showed how passionate this fandom is, which is why I think that drew us to want to make this podcast of wanting to just discuss this web series that's still so beloved by so many people. People are still discovering it years later yep. and still are very much into it. But let's get into of the story of how we met Sure. How we came together. And, Sounds good. You know, came up with this idea to do this podcast. Absolutely. But... Full disclosure, Yolanda and I work for Bernie Sue. Yeah. Um, we love it. It's great. Working for him, seeing those Emmys on the desk yeah. is uh, kind of a daily reminder of the popularity and we still see that the fandom is very much alive. Like you said earlier, Yolanda, I mean, people are still discovering this and, and it's kind of sad they don't get to experience it with the tweets and the... Uh, the transmedia mm-hmm. storytelling aspect of it. Right. So how we met was we live in pretty much the same town in Southern California, not yeah. Los Angeles. We're like 50-ish miles away from LA. Yeah. And... uh so what really brought us together was the long commute yeah. <laughs> to the LA office. Exactly. And Good times. That's really what solidified our friendship. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> Just a lot of Hamilton sing-alongs mm-hmm. and more Hamilton sing-alongs. That right. was really it. <laughs> I mean, not only is it 50-ish miles, not only is that horrible in LA traffic. Yeah. So it was just a few days a week, you and me closed container of a car <laughs> with Hamilton podcasts, etc. I mean, most of this is probably just us. We were running our mouths even then about yeah. the Lizzie Bennett Diaries, and now we're just doing it with a microphone. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Noting the full disclosure, Bernie is aware that we're making a podcast about this. In no way are we tied to Pemberley Digital. Right. Uh, all our opinions are our own. Yes. <laughs> and it was funny because when we told Bernie about it, I felt like it was a very Percheck and Reptevia <laughs> moment. Oh, yeah. He's like, I'm not asking for your permission, Reptevia, but we do want your blessing. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how it was. Or the Perchick and Hoddle. Of, uh, <laughs> of this scenario. Of the Pemberley universe. So he knows which, about this. In case you don't know, that's a reference to Fiddler on the Roof. Yeah, but. Hopefully you know it. Sure. If you don't, I would definitely take the time to familiarize yourself with it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, but we'd also like to make it clear that our intent with this podcast is really talking about the story. Because a lot of the reason why the Lizzie Bennett Diaries was so popular when it came out in 2012 was people wanted to know all about how it started, uh, the transmedia aspect of it, how it got made, who was involved. And it's I really haven't seen anything that really dives in and looks at the characters and compares it to the book. Because let's not forget, I mean, as timeless as the Lizzie Bennett Diaries is, it's based on a classic novel that's considered very timeless, over 200 years old, and people are still reading it for the first time. Yeah, and I'm sure plenty of people have done, I mean, there's been a few people who have said, like, they've done their dissertations on the Lizzie Bennett Diaries and analyzing it and comparing it to the novel. Um, but we want to just do our take on it and yeah. just talk about it and have a, have a good time. Right. And uh, we decided that it uh, kind of works out timing-wise if we 
talk about two episodes per podcast, Pemberley podcast episode. Yeah. So without further ado, should we dive into episode one? Yeah, let's just dive right into episode one of the Lizzie Bennet Diaries, which was written by Bernie Sue and Hank Green. Introduction to Lizzie Bennet, introduction to the world of Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. I think my favorite part is that in the writing, they were able to incorporate the first sentence of the novel, probably one of the most famous sentences in classic literature. It is a truth universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of a good fortune must be in want of a wife. And it's on a t-shirt. <sighs> it's on a t-shirt <laughs> that I want. <laughs> Unfortunately, it was not for sale in no. the, uh, what was it, the online store, yeah. but it really should have been. There's got to be like a tote bag or or an Etsy, Etsy shop. shop with some <laughs> some kind of version of that. I really I'm should, sure. and I should wear it every time we do these recordings <laughs> and just you know feel feel at home. With It'll it. be our uniform. <gasps> Can we have uniforms? <laughs> we will discuss. This we'll discuss. Off mic. <laughs> we'll discuss budget. Yes. Here we have our introduction of Lizzie, who is a 24 year old grad student with a mountain of student loans. Breach. Many people can, I'm sure, relate to her. Mm-hmm. Especially now, I think the audience is a little bit older and probably around her age, if not a bit oh, yeah. older than her or younger. And so she's like, she comes off as this very relatable character right up front. And you're yep. like, whoa, this girl seems really cool. And I want to be her friend. And she's introducing us to. At least one other Bennett sister. Yes. And her best friend. And her best friend, Charlotte Lou. Yes. And, I mean, I can relate. I started off as a little freshman in college, and I am now paying off my student loans, just, <laughs> just like Lizzie. But um, we are now Lizzie Bennett. We are all Lizzie Bennett. Yes. I think that's the point. It, I mean, it, the show is so well written. I mean, these characters really do feel like your friends. Yeah. Which is, like, you know, hopefully the point of the episode. And it's also really impressive that they were able to incorporate that first line, which no one talks like that anymore. Right. I had to take like three breaths <laughs> saying that first sentence. And they made it the first line of a modern day web series. I mean, it's just like really a testament to the good writing. And then we dive into how Lizzie is so frustrated about her pesky mother, a.k.a. like Scarlett O'Hara with gigantic earrings. I forgot in re because we're sort of rewatching this series mm-hmm. to know that we can talk about it. I forgot how huge those earrings are. It's very a very southern mom look to her. I know. Hearing about how the house sold in Netherfield the other day. That was really good. Thanks. That was really good. <laughs> Thank you. Part of my attempt to be Lizzie Bennett. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this first episode, we hear all about Bing Lee. Oh, yeah. We hear that he's bought the mansion. We hear that he's single. He's rich. He's a med student. He's handsome. He's handsome. He's good looking. That's very important. To Lydia. To that Lydia. right? Yes. <laughs> we get all those details from Lydia and partially from Lizzie. What I liked, actually, when we were rewatching it, I didn't pick up on it because actually we had the captions on. Lizzie's, well, Lizzie in costume theater as her mom mm-hmm. mentions that Emily Lou, Charlotte mm-hmm. Lou's mother, Charlotte's mom, is the one who kind of brought this gossip what a, to Lizzie's mom. What a Gabby Gertie. <laughs> I like that. Like, Probably both mothers are scheming and planning to get their daughters married off to Bing Lee. Two moms who are members of the 2.5 WPF Club. And what is the 2.5 WPF Club? I mean, it's something that I forgot about until I rewatched right. this. Which, I mean, what I, another, just sort of going back to the writing, I feel like Lizzie's sort of obsession with her mother's obsession 
of the 2.5 WPF club is kind of feeds into the idea that Lizzie is an unreliable narrator Hmm. because and this is kind of you know where we can look back at the book because in the book it's like a third person omniscient narrator it's like Lizzie said or Elizabeth said this and she thought that and but they talk about other characters too like Mrs. Bennet said this and thought that Whereas it's very different in this version because it's the Lizzie Bennet Diaries. Like her name is slapped on the cover. It's on a t-shirt. It's on a book. And it's all about Lizzie's perspective. Right. It is. It's literally her talking to a camera, Mm -hmm. giving us her thoughts and opinions. And even though it is just Lizzie talking to the camera, we do find out that Charlotte is the one who is responsible for filming Mm -hmm. and editing the videos, which is what a great friend. Oh my gosh, I would what do that for my friend. What a great friend to be like your camera person and your editor for these videos for your friend. grad thesis or for your... Was it even her grad thesis? I don't think she ever even explained why she's making the videos. Or did it, she? It, I think it is. It's like her, her thesis project. Right. And it's interesting because, I mean, of course, it's a scripted series. Right. So characters build and develop and and we get a story arc but as far as anyone knows in the first episode stuff is kind of happening off screen and lizzie's just telling us about it like some guy moved in i mean pride and prejudice is famous for being a love story and we haven't even met our leading man yet we're just learning about his best friend hearing about how he moved in and because we don't see him in his good looking doctorness we're like yawn (laughs) (laughs) Just all women. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the best part of that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It kind of feeds into episode two because in the first one, it's she kind of explains this. She sets us up for this is kind of what's happening. This is what my mom and dad are like. Even though we don't see them, we see her interpretation of them, which, you know, costume theater, I think, is a big part of the whole unreliable narrator thing. And in episode two, we actually get to meet both sisters, Jane and Lydia. Yes. And we also, I guess it's confirmed that there's only three Bennett sisters, not the five that are in the book. I remember the first time I watched this series, that really threw me through a loop because I was like, wait a second, there's five sisters, the 2.5 WPF club. There's literally half the number of Bennett sisters (laughs) that there should be in the original adaptation. You're left kind of hanging. Which, I mean, it speaks to, it's the modern adaptation. Of course. To have five daughters in a typical suburban family may not mm-hmm. have been realistic so and plus like two two had to be cut what, what cut were from the team what were mary and, and kitty even for what did they even do at the end of the book not married no. <laughs> that, so that was worth goes down that was evil of me i'm sorry so we finally get to meet jane miss practically perfect in every way yeah, we. I mean, Lizzie's perspective on, we see the contrast in Lizzie's perspective mm-hmm. between her sister Lydia and Jane. Exactly. Because Jane, yeah, Jane is perfect. She is, you know, working in some kind of fashion industry, getting coffee all and day. And fabric. And, and she's not paid well. She, I hope she doesn't work in a sweatshop. <laughs> I don't think so. Really, she's underpaid. She runs around. It's still yet to be seen, but she is a sharp dresser. She is. Anyway, but going back to Lizzie's narrative, I mean, she, I didn't just make up practically perfect in every way. I mean, it's from, technically it's from Mary Poppins, but it was Lizzie's actual description of the sister with whom she is closest, Jane. And then something, when you and I were rewatching it, I know we kind of caught 
her say at the beginning, ah, Lydia's being a stupid hoary slut again. That was like surprising to me because mm-hmm. I, I for- completely forgot about it. And I thought, whoa, I guess like you you don't remember that at the beginning, Lizzie's perspective of Lydia is very judgmental of her. Yeah. And kind of saying like, oh, we're lucky that she didn't end up on any teenage pregnancy shows. I know. <laughs> She's talking about her little sister, you know? Yeah. So I don't have any sisters, so I, I can't. Me neither. <laughs> have brothers yeah and uh that's not really how you should talk about a loved one so that's what i think is so interesting about it it's not so much supposed to reflect society's opinion of lydia's habits it's supposed to reflect lizzie's opinion of her sister's life right so maybe it's because we don't have sisters we don't know (laughs) (laughs) maybe maybe there's people out there with sisters who are listening who are like yeah i always call my sister that i don't know (laughs) Yeah, well, give us your feedback. Tell us what you call your sister behind her back. <laughs> Tweet it at the Pemberley. The Pemberley, yeah, definitely. <laughs> anyway, but I also love how this uh, web series talks about that the book exists in their world. There's definitely Jane Austen work. Oh, yeah. That is, that is involved in this world or exists in this world because, as we know, Lizzie first has the line that, you know, she likes rain, classic novels, and any movie starring Colin Firth, mm-hmm. which, Colin course, Firth equals Pride and Prejudice yes. on all fronts. <laughs> yeah, because there was the miniseries, mm-hmm. him as Darcy. I mean, that's when his handsomeness just skyrocketed. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was also Darcy. Mm-hmm. In, in uh, Bridget Jones. Bridget Jones. Gotta see Bridget Jones's baby. Haven't seen it yet. This is, t- me either, no, it's totally like not even a plug. It definitely should be, but... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I personally am excited to get out there and see how he still plays our Mr. Darcy later in age. But it's not the only mention of Jane Austen work in the in the episode. There's also the mention of how Lizzie and Charlotte met, which was their mothers. Mm. They bonded in book club over Sense and Sensibility. Love it. I mean, they mention it. There's little sprinkles of Austenism in yes. that sense. But Pride and Prejudice itself is not mentioned. Well, actually, the quote... <gasps> Right. So somehow the book maybe exists, but mm-hmm. Lizzie is completely oblivious that this is her life story just told 200 years ago. Oh, there's another layer here that we need to get into. <laughs> it gets super meta. Dev- oh, geez, we could do like a whole five hour podcast on this. <laughs> like, what is the, what is Lizzie Bennett's life based on? Is she a hologram? <laughs> future pride and prejudice Hilarious. she's like finds a copy of pride and prejudice she's like wait darcy what i don't understand <laughs> like That's just hilarious. like has a nervous breakdown poor lizzie anyway speaking of poor lizzie we would really like to cover probably one of the best parts of the series the youtube comments yes because as we know youtube comments are some of the best things in the world they're forever yeah. <laughs> and uh i mean I love reading both the good and the bad comments because, well, maybe because that's not my series. Right. (laughs) I mean, there's just like so much opinion. And especially at the beginning of the Lizzie Bennet Diaries, there was a lot of confusion as to whether or not these were actors or if this was some kind of real vlog. Because, I mean, vlogs, I mean, that's how a lot of YouTubers get famous is they just have vlogs. Yeah. And so I remember there being some confusion as to what it was and what exactly Lizzie was aware of. Yolanda, why don't you start? start us off by reading something that is really a momentous accomplishment of reading the first comment 
of the first episode of the Lizzie Bennet Diaries. Yeah, and just to clarify, we are going back and just highlighting comments that happened during the original run of the oh, yeah. series. So we're going back to back to 2012, and this was the first comment by Aaron Watt, who said, first, and a heart, thumb up if Hank sent you here. Thumbs up. Well, I'm not doing thumbs up. You are. And well, one thumb. Just one thumb Just up. one. Uh, what an accomplishment to be the first comment. I think that is an accomplishment. So another interesting comment we found is by Jerry Simpson. This is really strange. So it's a fictional vlog and they reply in the character of the person. This is really cool, but strange. Which kind of feeds into what I was saying earlier about confusion over what it was yeah because going back in the comments i did forget that lizzie bennett the actual account was responding to people mm-hmm. was responding to comments as if she's a real person and yeah. i think that's why people were so thrown off like wait is lizzie bennett real is she <laughs> just like airing her family's drama on the internet and that's why people were what confused. is she, what is she a kardashian <laughs> so does that mean the bennett's are the kardashians don't say that <laughs> <laughs> wait if Lizzie is, are you saying that because there's Kim, like five sisters? Yes. Cause oh no, no, no! Don't who say- cares about uh, marrying Kitty? Just oh, like no. Kendall and Kylie. <laughs> you just created a crossover that no one wants. People want this crossover. They don't want this no. crossover. Why don't you read the next comment? Lizzie and Darcy are the Kim and Kanye oh, of the literary gosh. world. <laughs> Dizzy and Kim Ye, I can't with you at all. Okay. All right. Let's we'll just move on to the next comment. All right. Okay. This comment comes from Lively Paint, who says. I wonder how many people are going to comment FAKE in all caps. In all caps. That's, that's, that was my emphasis on FAKE. Yeah. Because again, people, I guess at least this person realized that it was uh, an adaptation mm-hmm. and commenting on other people who may be commenting that it's FAKE. So. Oh yeah. And I mean, actually, I think we're getting to my favorite comment thanks to the Pilgrims podcast. Shout out to our podcast peeps out there. <laughs> this is awesome. Makes me think of that Star Wars Pride and Prejudice mix I wrote once. You know, Han Darcy, Lando Collins, Mr. and Mrs. Bonobi. Anyway, it was dumb, but rather hilarious. I love this modern adaptation. <laughs> My favorite thing about this comment is the fact that they assume that everyone knows about the fan fiction they wrote. Which, actually, I was wondering, I was curious about this, so I did try to find it, and Just maybe we could it. read an excerpt of it, but it doesn't exist. <sighs> That makes I, me sad. I know I had you on the edge of your, of really? your seats, and I, I'm so sorry to disappoint. I'm desperate to hear about Mr. and Mrs. <laughs> Bonobi. And the last comment for episode one that we're going to highlight comes from Jackie Wallace, who says, This is so beautiful and perfect. This is going to be one of those things where I become best friends with a fictional character, and then I'm heartbroken that they don't actually exist, isn't it? Yes, it is. <laughs> it is. Sorry, Jackie. Sorry, That's Jackie. Re- <laughs> Your comment is accurate and true, and we all were heartbroken. Yes. All right. And the uh, lucky first commenter of the second episode comes from Dietmar Visser, who says, Ah, redheads, how I love you, with two smiley faces. I don't know why I made this gentleman French. <laughs> or I, I guess I don't know if I should assume this is a gentleman, but uh, if you are a redhead and... You are in desperate need of a rich single man. I don't know if he's We're rich or single. We're making a lot of assumptions yeah. about We're Denmark. making a lot of assumptions. I don't know if he's rich or single or what, but uh, he's into redheads and... Hit him up. Hit him up. Going on to the next comment by Chudley Cannon Fodder, who says, 
The existence of sense and sensibility in the vlog's world, along with Bridget Jones's diary, is breaking my mind. <gasps> I remember a lot of comments like that. Like, my mind is blown. Yeah. My people. heart. I love this comment, too, from XOXO Jonesy. It's in all caps. This is the greatest thing to come out of YouTube. All the awards to this production. And all the awards they got. <laughs> what a prediction by XOXO Jonesy. What an accurate prediction. Yeah. Because it did win. The all the Emmy. It did, which is the rep- basically like all, all the, the awards. awards. <laughs> <laughs> the award to end all awards. Because uh, yeah. we should also mention it. it's the only show. Well, it was the first show. Yeah. To win an Emmy for premiering solely on the internet. Yeah, it was. I think it's the first Emmy to have the word YouTube on it. History, which is pretty incredible. It is. Can't and wait to tell my grandkids about it. <laughs> <laughs> Grandchildren, guess what? We got to look at the Emmy every day. Two point five grandkids. Yes. <laughs> and the last comment that we're going to be highlighting is by Fujiism, who says, "Oh no." Your sister likes to have sex. She's a slut and liking men is forbidden to any woman of value. Stop. Seriously. And also with the whole ditzy trope you've given her. Unless you were planning out character development to do away with both those problems already. Ugh. This is... It's not a fun comment. It's a it's a critical <laughs> one that we were discussing earlier about uh, sort of taking Lizzie's comments at face value. Yeah, and it's one of those things too, like kind of reading it back i'm not sure if this person realizes it it's an adaptation Mm -hmm. but also i mean it's like directly interacting and speaking to lizzie yeah it's saying like hey like you oh your sister likes to have sex she must be horrible yeah which again we're going back to like the unreliable narrator conversation we don't know like what lizzie or what these sisters are really like yeah because we only get lizzie's perspective of Really, her entire world. <laughs> exactly. And like going back to the meta thing, I mean, it is kind of lights, camera, action. It's something that's filmed. It's something that's edited, even though it's somewhat improvised and not scripted at all. We get to see a very small snippet and we have to rely on what they give us as a reliable interpretation of her life. And we think it's factual instead of remembering that it is from a perspective and there is opinion inherently tied into that so that's all the comments that we're going to be highlighting Uh uh-huh in case you follow us on twitter if you're one of 59 followers that we have on twitter 57 we're we're two of those (laughs) i was like what 59 i count we fancy ourselves way more popular than we are but if you do want to follow us on twitter we are at the pemberley the pemberley that was available it was which was pretty awesome but what we're gonna be doing before we record an episode maybe like the day before we record an episode we're gonna put out either a poll or question and because this these two first episodes were very introduction-based of showing us the world of Lizzie Bennet. We put out the question there saying, who is your favorite Bennet sister? Mm-hmm. And surprise, not surprise, <laughs> Lizzie did get the majority of the vote with 61%. Okay, that is 61. a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> and second place was Lydia with oh, 26%. That's kind of surprising. Yeah, and Jane... And last oh. with 13%. Last but not least. It's okay. She's practically perfect in every way. She doesn't need all the votes. <laughs> she doesn't uh, need to be prom queen too. We should, let's try it because uh, you and I voted in this. Yeah. Um, I'd like to guess what who you voted for. Ooh. See if I'm right. Um, 
I would guess you vote for Lydia just because I know on a personal note, you're a big fan of Mary-Kate Wiles. She's great. I watch Craft Persations every yep. time. Yeah, Like all, all the things, Poe Party. Yes. <laughs> I um, ship it, definitely. Should I Should I say who Yeah, I yeah. T- am I right? Do I know you? You are wrong. <gasps> I am? Who's your favorite Bennett sister? I voted for Jane. Oh, explain. I was thinking of it in the perspective of like, who would I actually be friends with? Uh-huh. And I think Lizzie's great. Maybe she would have been someone who I've been like, all right, this girl talks down to everyone. Like say hi to her in class, get her answers in math, but don't be friends. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. And That's so, interesting. So you pin her as judgy kind of from from the beginning. Well, I guess you may be. Maybe she was like the kind of person who was always like raising her hand in class, but not just that, but like kind of correcting other people in their analysis. Mm. And I'd be like, we're all trying to learn here. <laughs> <laughs> like you think about your education yes. over being friends with this girl i love yeah. it i love it all right um, who, do you, who do you think i voted for i think you voted for lizzie yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean i think i mean we were talking about it earlier i feel like i identify a lot with her you know okay. she likes reading writing and then if she's got a passion she loves talking about it yeah I don't think of it so much as judgy as like I have my opinions, you know. But yeah. that, that's the point of perspective. That's what's fascinating about it. I think like she she could be in my friend group, but like yeah. probably not besties. Yeah, not besties. Which is ironic because like she and Jane are the best friends of the Bennett sister. Yeah. <laughs> so you never know. So it works. Yeah, kind of works. I think Jane too would like be a casual friend. I'd be like, oh hey Jane, and be like, oh she's super nice, and she like made me a bracelet once or something. I think she'd totally make you a bracelet. Aww. She'd make you a friendship bracelet. She would. Oh Jane. One of the reasons we're doing this podcast is because we really feel like the Lizzie Bennett Diaries fandom is a great community, and we really love to get the huge online band back together so if you have any comments if you have anything you want us to talk about share tweet at us um you can email us at the pemberley podcast at gmail.com right and we will be posting all of this information to all our social media um on twitter and on our wordpress page uh so please check us out and share, share us with your friends if uh you feel like you want to be a part of the conversation yeah so thank you everyone for listening to our very first episode we're excited to see where this goes and we are going to sign off our our episode the same way that lizzie bennett signs off her second episode are you ready yeah dun dun dun, dun, dun. peace